You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Glad you could join us. So it's six eight one zero four one zero six is the place to text us or you can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. Joined tonight by Tomas Leary, who's come back for a second week. Yeah, look, like you said there, horrible conditions outside. <laughs> I'd rather be tucked up in a nice warm studio <laughs> talking about sport and criticising people rather than being out there doing it myself. So. I brought my toe this week, Tomas. Yeah, I know you haven't stopped talking about this. I'm not in. sure. I haven't mentioned it much this week. Yeah, you're back doing the old martial arts. Yeah, fit, yeah. the jiu-jitsu brought my toe just in a, just doing an exercise. I brought my toe this week. I'd imagine as a former professional rugby player, that's probably the worst injury you've ever had, is it? Uh, yeah, look, it's up there. Like you said, <laughs> when you've got your little kids at home treading on your toe, um, it's quite frustrating. There was something about it this week. They must have sensed that I had a broken toe because they just seem to gravitate towards it. I have been stamped on the feet as much in my entire life than I have been in the last two days since I brought my toe. Well, when you got home from, from your training, I think you, you put your feet up straight away. You made, you made your missus put on the dinner and cook for you, bring, it, bring, bring her tray and everything like so. I think the kids probably picked it up from that, all right? Like. I have been milking it a tad. I'm not sure how much more I'm going to get away with it because it's not all that sore. Yeah, I don't think us men have a, have a high pain threshold. <laughs> I certainly don't, anyway. So, look, enjoy it while you can. Lap up all the attention. All right, a broken toe is the worst injury I've ever had. What's the worst injury you've ever had? Um, I, I suppose the week I got picked for the Lions in 2009 um, the name starts to be dredging up some horrible horrible yeah. memories here now like. I've just gotten over it after uh, <laughs> intensive psychology it's taken me about six years but I was there until you brought it back up sorry um, buddy so yeah obviously a while ago now 2009 yeah. um once they were flying, um, had obviously had a good Six Nations with Ireland yeah. and um, they named the Lions squad um, on a Wednesday. I think there was, it was a crazy amount of Munster players picked. Yeah. Um, it was, I think it was eight or nine, um, which was phenomenal. And obviously we played, uh, we played um, in Musgrave Park then on the Friday night mm. um, in, in, the, in the Celtic League at the time. And um, it was their number eight came off the, off the back of a scrum and obviously I was coming around to tackle them mm. and his entire weight and David Wallace's entire weight came came down on my on my leg and so I basically broke the tape and fab and dislocated my ankle um, so that that was the worst well in terms of pain I suppose the, it wasn't too bad at the time you must have and blacked out from the pain I said did you? no I, I genuinely I didn't it was okay I just looked down and my sock was hanging and, uh, I'm and far it, squeamish it was I, no it was um, it wasn't the pain it was just the rea- realisation that my Potential of going to the line store with God. Oh, man. So that was, that was, that's why it was the worst, really. Yeah. And I suppose there was a nine month recovery period, too. Um, so, like, it kind of probably affected me for a while. It probably yeah. never was the same player after that, to be honest with mm. you. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's the worst. It's so, what you're saying is that's slightly worse than my broken toe? <laughs> yeah, but I, I had no kids running around um, at the time annoying me and, and kicking me in the shins or anything like that. So, um, so I, I feel your pain. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, as I said, 0868104106 is the place to get in touch with us. All right. We're going to start with uh, Tomas's Roundup. Yeah, so Cork are currently in action in the McGrath Cup final and the score there is Limerick 10 points, Cork 6 points. And Cork and Limerick are also going ahead in the Munster Hurling League final tonight at 7.30. So both of those games are, are in the Gaelic rounds. 
defending champions Westmead have beaten um, have have been beaten 16 points to 11 by Offaly in the semi-finals of football's Bournemouth Burn Cup. Meanwhile, Longford also beat Dublin on a scoreline of 113 to 3-6 to book their place in the decider. So all these early kind of season games seem to be getting decent attendances. Yeah, I think people are just star for GA. It's something to do over the over the winter, I think. I mean, like I'm not sure what the crowd is like up in the Gaelic grounds, but um, yeah, it's, I think... People just want to get out and start supporting their their counties again. I suppose it's good. Yeah, see how see how prospective new managers or coaches are yeah, getting on systems as well. and players and all that. I mean, like uh, speaking of players coming back, I mean, like Kieran Sheehan's back uh, for Cork today after a six year absence. So we're going to talk to Dennis Hurley in a bit. He's up there covering the match for us. We're going to see how Kieran's playing in and a half forward into Good stuff and on the Premier League football. And the final Premier League game of the day has gotten underway. Um, it's still scoreless between Tottenham and Liverpool at the new White Hart Lane uh, Stadium there. And there's half an hour gone in that. Um, yeah, not much to report there, really. Liverpool had a chance early on that hit the post and uh, Tottenham scrammed to clear. Tottenham haven't really gone forward much in this game. They're kind of just proper Mourinho style, kind of just two banks of four, just went hit in the counter. But it, you'd imagine it's only a matter of time before Liverpool score their class as the resident Tottenham fan in the big red bench actually how did you feel about Mourinho's appointment yeah I liked Pochettino and I felt obviously what he achieved with Spurs bringing us to Champions uh, League final uh, and obviously being kind of top top three team for the last few years yeah uh, you know, I thought, thought that should have been rewarded um, he never got he, the backing from the board or the support in the transfer market did he yeah no and it's strange, obviously. Le- Levy has been traditionally um, very, very kind of slow to spend money. Um, mm. Obviously, the new stadium, it's very impressive and how Spurs have progressed, but um, to maybe to kick on and, and be a Champions League winner and then obviously win in the, in the Premier League, you need to spend. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's probably one of the reasons why um, Pochettino was probably frustrated and, and hap- happy to go in the end, although obviously he, he was sacked. So, um, look, I think... Mourinho, as you know, hasn't been probably the the best of managers over the last few years in terms of his dealings with the media, media how he's um, how he's conducted himself really on the sideline. Yeah. Obviously, I thought he was a better fresh air initially in the Premier League with with that Chelsea team. Yeah, and played great football, but since he seems to have uh, adapted a more negative style yeah, of play even. whinging even like you know I mean like it's only a matter of time before he starts going to win he's on a kind of a charm offensive I suppose at Tottenham at the minute well to an extent like, but <laughs> um, no so I'd, I would much prefer to see Pochettino stay but look yeah. that's life I, I think United's just snap him up but that's just my opinion yeah, yeah we, we were speaking about this off here it's, it's kind of Pochettino's just sitting at home clicking his heels I mean like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will get you to a certain level but he's not going to win your league he's not going to win your Premier League is he? No exactly and just in terms of experience um, just in terms of experience mm-hmm. dealing with players the transfer market you look at the likes of Eriks and these guys talking about leaving Spurs um, you know and if you want a, a top class striker like Harry Kane if you had Pochettino in charge obviously that relationship would be yeah. worth its weight in gold when you're in the transfer market so um, look I don't think Mourinho is going to lead United oh, for the Liverpool have just gone ahead there Roberto Firmino with a goal from about 12 yards Tottenham nil Liverpool won 36 and a half minutes on the clock that was coming tomorrow we yeah. were watching it here in the studio as, the, as the, the show progresses if there's dead air and later we're watching the match basically yeah like you said though like Mourinho style sitting back and look, you're, you can't invite this Liverpool team no, on you they are class aren't they yeah no 100% um, so look it doesn't augur well for the rest of the game so look it looks like the Reds can go 16 points clear the top of the table with a win here um, that's because uh, Leicester City were beaten 2-1 by Southampton at the King Power Stadium earlier on with goals from Saints 
Stuart Armstrong and Danny Ings. Yeah, we're going to hear from uh, Brendan Rogers there who says the Foxes were well short of their usual level. Okay. We didn't quite find it defensively today. Normally very solid and strong and compact, but weren't that. And then with the ball, we uh, couldn't make our passes and we couldn't penetrate as well as we do. So um, congratulations to Southampton. It's, it's a good win for them. It looked like it was going to be a draw up until late on. And then uh, they get the winner. Elsewhere in three o'clock games, Chelsea beat Burnley 3-0 at Stamford Bridge thanks to a Jorginho penalty and goals from Tammy Abraham and Callum hudson O'Doy. Everton got back to winning ways with a 1-0 victory over Brighton at Goodison Park with Rick Carlson finding the back in the net in the first half for the Toffees. And Manchester oh. United enjoyed a 4-0 win over Norwich with Marcus Rashford finding the back in the net twice as well as Anthony Marshall and Mason Greenwood. Cork's Adam Ida, um started for Norwich playing 65 minutes. Yeah, it was a tough day for him. Obviously, he didn't see much of the ball but great to see him uh, make his uh, first Premier League start at Old Trafford. VAR is actually checking for a possible handball here in the build-up uh, to this uh, Liverpool goal. Um, can't see where there is a handball to be perfectly honest um, but yeah the goal stands um, Tottenham and Liverpool won but yeah tough day at the office um, for Norwich who were well below par against Manchester United today Manchester United was bouncing back in style after that a hammering well, 3-1 a hammering it felt like a hammering in the League Cup earlier on in the week against Man City at home at Old Trafford so United back to winning ways there and some nice goals there too yeah and Wolves and Newcastle played out a one-all draw in the Molyneux while Crystal Palace and Arsenal drew one all in the day's early game. Um, locally, both Munster senior league games fell foul of the weather today. So Douglas Hall and Middleton, along with Cove Wonders versus Rockmound, were called off this yeah, afternoon. It was absolutely abysmal this afternoon. Absolutely, I was coming to work today. I got soaked coming out of the car and coming into work. So no surprise that those matches were called off just that time of the year, I guess. Uh, but hopefully uh, weather won't be playing havoc with the fixtures uh, going forward. And then Republic of Ireland under-21 manager Stephen Kenny feels football has been treated like a minority sport in Ireland over the last two decades. The Munster Centre of Excellence at Glamire was granted almost €4 million Euro from the government's large-scale sport infrastructure fund, but it was the only football project to receive funding. Kenny was asked about the situation on Virgin Media Sport. It opens everyone's eyes to say, in comparison to other sports, over the last 20 years, we've been sort of very much... Even though we're the, the biggest sport and the majority sport, you know, we've been treated like a minority sport. It's fantastic to see that funding go ahead. It would be fantastic to see that Glamwire project go ahead for not just Cork, but for the entire region. It would obviously benefit Cork City hugely. It become their training base as well. And uh, Pat Lyons, former Cork City chairman, deserves tremendous credit for the work he's done so far on that project but um, fingers crossed it does come to fruition because it would be a fantastic shot in the arm for football in this city and indeed in this province Yeah absolutely um, and I suppose in terms of media attention Stephen's probably t- probably right I suppose locally you know the GEA and mm. rugby do garner a lot of that attention but mm. as he said look uh, still majority sport in, in terms of participation mm. and, and numbers so um, hopefully the government will will help the FII and, and, mm. and I suppose get a structured plan whereby the money is invested properly and, and we can see the yeah. I suppose the the, the the results of that then in future actually once they've got a good whack of funding there as well for their, their indoor facility at Musgrave Park which would be a fantastic uh, facility I suppose not just for I suppose Munster and the academy but I mean like all the other clubs around the, the area as well no absolutely um, I think it's important for to maintain you know that identity of, of, of Munster you know Cork is the largest city mm. in the province um, you know hopefully you're going to see uh, a high percentage of players from yeah. from Cork going on to play and represent uh, Munster at future yeah, level. I felt maybe Munster lost a little bit of that Corkness when they moved their training base from Cork to Limerick. Mm. If, you, if you get me, do you know. Yeah, look, I, I know I'm biased. I'm, I'm, I'm from Cork, <laughs> but I I would have preferred to have a training centre 
in Cork, um, like in terms of all the facilities, in terms mm. of stuff you don't even think about. Obviously, universities for 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 lads studying early yeah. days, um, employment for for wives and girlfriends. Mm. Um, I suppose more more access to hospitals. There's an airport in Cork. Um, I suppose obviously it's it's your kind of it's your central business district for the Munster region. Mm-hmm. So in terms of sponsorship. Um, and the commercial activity, I think there's an opportunity wasted there. Obviously, the the office itself still sits in Cork, but we could always have had the the, the training centre in Cork, and you still play your games in Thomond Park. Yeah. That's never going to change. Thomond Park is always going to be the the home mm-hmm. of Munster Rugby itself. So I, th- I just felt we missed an opportunity there, and I, I just felt it would have been a better a better mix really. Having and the training base at TIT was was decent, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think they put in put in a good bid too. But I guess look, it comes down to to finance and, mm. and, and, and facilities and obviously I wasn't uh, privy to, to to exactly what was uh, bid but I think the few of the Limerick uh, players the Limerick Mafia like um, <laughs> Ax- Axel at the time and Paulie and these guys and Flannery really pushed it from their end yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. look I think they, they won the day there anyway yeah. um, so look obviously on to rugby and Connacht's hopes of qualifying for the knockout stages of the Champions Cup have ended. They've been beaten 21 points to 7 by Toulouse in the sports ground. The Westerners only score came free a penalty try in the first half. And this result means that the French side now have a home quarter final to look forward to as they continue to bid to win the competition for the fifth time. We were watching this. I mean, like Toulouse had a man sent off the end of the game with 13 players after a yellow card. But Connacht, any time they got near the line, just that Toulouse defence just kept them out. They were so resilient. Yeah, physically very impressive team, and and I suppose traditionally Toulouse would have been a, a, a very flash team, great to watch. But mm. their scrum destroyed um, Connacht on a, a good few occasions, um, won three or four penalties in the scrum as well. So um, they seem to have that kind of that that bit of um, strength up front as well to to add to the the quality they have in the back line. So look, they could be a potential contender to. To, to rival Leinster really obviously Leinster hot favourites at the moment for the competition yeah we'll get a, a goal up there actually now from uh, White Hart Lane Joe Ross from watching uh, Tottenham and Liverpool Tottenham Hotspur nil Liverpool 1 the Premier League leaders have finally nudged their noses in front Roberto Firmino the man who has got it his ninth goal of the season after good work in the Tottenham penalty area by Mo Salah he had his back to goal so couldn't get the shot away instead he laid it off to Firmino a couple of touches by him and he fired it across the face of goal into the bottom left hand corner it gave Tottenham goalkeeper Pablo Gazaniga absolutely no chance Tottenham nil, Liverpool won and Liverpool's certainly not sitting on the laurels here Tomas they're going for a second and you can see they, they've been on the attack since they've scored that goal yeah look um, like we said um, Mourinho set up and with a very deep Tottenham team I think this, the starting the starting lineup was three at the back but really it's it's four or five they've all 11 times behind the ball with, with the midfield dropping back deep as well yeah um, so they're, they're, look Mourinho he'll, he'll keep it that way till maybe 60 minutes until he has to push on and get an equaliser and try and get back into the game mm. And back to the rugby, um, Leinster of course hosting Leon and having already qualified uh, for the final stage of the the, the knockout stage of the Heineken Cup um, this weekend. Um, so Leo Cullen has said there's good news in around Johnny Sexton. He's returned to his running training. Obviously the Irish out half is stepping up his recovery from a knee injury picked up in Leinster's win uh, against Northampton last month. And Cullen says he's confident that Sexton mm-hmm. will be fit for the start of Six Nations. Now so we're going to preview the Six Nations a bit more depth as we come closer to it. But I mean like how vital vital is it for this Irish team that Sexton is A 100% and, and B fully fit for this very important I think at this stage um, he makes that team tick doesn't he if he's not on a, if he's not playing then Ireland don't play 
Yeah, look, to an extent, I think we need to to get an alternative though as well um, we can't just rely on Johnny Sexton mm. for the next four years bring him to World Cup again um, he has I suppose given this, given the, I the nature of rugby and I guess Johnny's uh, injury recent injury kind of history as well we, we definitely need an alternative and I suppose Joey Carby was being lined up as his heir apparent but he's has his own I suppose tribulations with injury recently I think um, Byrne at Leinster I think has been very impressive and I think he's probably going to be the go-to man if Johnny mm-hmm. isn't fit so um, look we need to we need to Andy Farrell the new squad he needs to find maybe someone else and we can't be relying on Johnny Sexton for the next four years mm-hmm. There's a massive day of basketball in Leeside today with the Hula Hoops National Cup semi-finals taking place. Among the ties in the Pat Duffy Men's National Cup, Call and CNS, Neptune face Temple Oak, that's in Neptune Stadium at 8. In the Potty O'Connor Cup, Ambassador UCC Glanmire have lost to Colester 82-79, that's how it finished in Neptune, while Singleton Super Value Brunel take on DCU Mercy at 6. Trado Central Ballon Colleague, meanwhile, have made it to the third President's Cup final in a row. They defeated LYIT in the parochial hall this afternoon. All right, we're going to talk uh, Gaelic Games half time now at the Gaelic Grounds, and it's Limerick who lead Cork at the break. Uh, Dennis Hurley is there at it, and Dennis, uh, how was the first half from a Cork perspective? Uh, not great, Rory. Um, you come to us here at half time, it's 12 8 for Limerick. Um, Limerick have played very well to be fair they've had nine different scorers and they didn't have a wide until the 32nd minute Cork Cork started well and then they led early on but overall it's been kind of sloppy they haven't made the most of the opportunities and they've found themselves frustrated by um, a strong Limerick effort so far Obviously uh, Kieran Sheehan back in the Cork starting lineup today Dennis after a six year absence how's he been featuring and imagine there's an element of ring rust with him is there? Well, Kieran did play against uh, against Kerry a couple of weeks ago, but obviously it does take time to um, to readapt to get a football. So we say he, he found a tough time. So he got a point um, coming up to half time there. Um, so hopefully that will forward for a, a better second half for him and for Cork. I suppose looking at in the big picture, you'd wonder how much it does matter to, to win this. But obviously, you know, Cork will be thinking in terms of just momentum and, and the guys pushing for places. Uh, who have been given a chance looking to kind of state their claim. So, it, you know, it, it, it's not one that, that you want to be giving up lightly. You'd expect an improvement from Cork in the second half, but uh, Limerick have certainly been going well in, in, in the first period, and it'll be it'll be difficult cult for Cork if Limerick can keep up their level of performance. All right, Dennis, cheers for that. My check-in with you closer to 7 o'clock. All right, thanks, Ross. That's Dennis Hurley there at the Gaelic Grounds for us uh, tonight. We caught up with uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan last week. He, of course, mm. returns to action tonight. The Mahanade faces unbeaten Jaime Moon Gia in the Almador in Texas. And that's due. Um, to, they're doing the ring there about four o'clock Irish time. Yeah, yeah think well, about getting up for that, Roy. Yeah, I've got the alarm setting all for, for, for half past three. So um, it's not been picked up by any um, Irish or UK TV stations, unfortunately. Um, so I'll have to look for other sources uh, to watch Spike tonight. Can't really say too much about that. But um, yeah, hopefully um, Spike yeah, um, can get the, the win tonight. It's Look, we'll talk about it a little bit later on. We'll hear from Spike, who uh, Oscar De La Hoya called the best dressed man in boxing. So we'll hear from Spike a little bit. And we'll hear from Packy Collins as well, his coach. But uh, up against it tonight, big, big bout. But look, you never, ever count Spike O'Sullivan out. 
Fingers crossed. And on to golf, Shane Lowry is six shots off the lead after three rounds of the rescheduled Hong Kong Open. The Offaly man lost ground on leader Wade Ormsey after shooting a 68 to move to seven under par. 2017 winner Ormsby will take a two-shot lead into tomorrow's final round at 13 under. And to tennis now, and the US Open tennis champion Bianca Andresco has withdrawn from the Australian Open due to knee injury. <laughs> the Canadian picked up the problem at the WTA finals in October. Andrescu beat Serena Williams at Flushing Meadows this month before to win her maiden Grand Slam title. And then the NFL playoffs happening tonight. The San Francisco 49ers take on the Minnesota Vikings at 935 and then at 1.15am the Baltimore Ravens host the Tennessee Titans yeah I might watch a bit of that when I'm waiting for a spikes fight tonight as well just energy league results as well from today in 1A finish Lansdowne 19 UCC 18 Corcon 18 Young Munster 3 um, Shannon 31 Highfield 13 and 1B in 2A finish Barron Hall 21 Dolphin 3 and 2C Sunday as well 19 almost 7 and City of Derry 10 Middleton 6 and it is half time at uh, the new White Hart Lane and uh, Liverpool leading by a goal to Thanks to that, Roberto Formigo after 37 minutes. Now, we are going to start the show by talking about rugby and Munster's big game today against Racing. We get some Moss's thoughts on that in a sec, but first we're going to hear from the captain, uh, Peter Mahoney, looking ahead to the game. Yeah, it's very unique. Um, obviously, an indoor stadium is, is something that we're, we're not very accustomed to, but um, you know, the, the last time we played there was certainly a... You know, it was an entertaining game. It was a quick game. Um, it's hot. It's it's uh, you know kind of <clears throat> it's almost irrelevant how many people are in the building. It's it doesn't there's a kind of an incredible atmosphere there. And um, you know we're we're 100 looking forward to it. Uh, we know that we have to we have to win if we want to stay in the competition. And, and you know that puts pressure on itself. But you know that's what we uh, you know we we love is is pressure and putting. Put ourselves in situations that we, we, you know, we have to perform if we want to continue in the in the competition. You know, their set piece is is, uh, is probably one of the best. You know that we've come up against so far. Um, line of defence is, is excellent. You know, probably one of the best line of defence teams in the world. Um, you know, Mall. You know, their power plays are, are, are tough to stop, and they get momentum. And then, as you said, broken field stuff. You know, they're they're hard to stop. So again. We need to have learned a lot over the last few weeks, and and you know put in, you know probably our best performance of the season to, to get a result over. Here. We have a huge week ahead of us. We're unbelievably excited to get stuck in. Um, yeah, certainly, guys. We were, look, we were disappointed on Monday coming in, but we've been in these situations before. We, you've you have a poor week. You you have to put that to one side if you if if you have any hope of, of training well, getting prepared to play one of the best teams in Europe, and, and that's what we've done. We've had a great three days training uh, obviously with a nine day turnaround or nine days eight or nine days um, gives us a little bit more of a window we, we had a, so we've a bit longer we kind of got our head of, ahead of ourselves on Monday which was which was good we got all our reviews done and, and we put that to bed and still had the full week to, to get prepared which was, was important but Excitement is 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 the word I'd use to to describe the group's moment. Yeah, that's Peter Mahoney there speaking ahead of tomorrow's clash with Racing. When you were playing tomorrow's, I mean, like, what was the build up like to a Heineken Cup Champions Cup game like compared to um, a regular a, a, a regular Pro Twelve Pro Fourteen game? I mean, like, is there a di- can you sense the difference? Is there a different buzz going into games like this? Yeah, it's chalk and cheese. Um, just, it, I suppose Monster's identity really was built mm. on. 
on the Heineken Cup um, and I suppose the reputation and I suppose the the you know the the likes of Ronald Gara, Paulie, Axel, um, you know Mick Galway, all these greats before him, um, they cut their cloud and I suppose built that connection with the supporters um, in in the in the Champions Cup in the Heineken Cup. Um, so I suppose Munster has a an affinity and a history in this competition, and I suppose we, the time I played at Munster, we kind of really focused on that and. That was the Holy Grail, the 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 Pro Twelve or the mm. Champion, the Celtic League or whatever we was called at the time, didn't really come into our thinking. Look, obviously we go to win the games, but um, if you didn't win the Hunting Cup at, at the end of the season, yeah. it was a failure. So um, just intensity was ramped up. I felt as we were on edge, um, and it was all kind of driven by by Paulie, really, you know, yeah. Axel or whoever was the, the skipper at the time. So would you notice the difference in training with fellas be kind of like hitting harder, working harder, kind of like more g'd up, I suppose. Yeah, more focused tension, and you know, even the the meetings, you know, everyone there was no no mess and no. Mm. Whereas you know, um, standards like you said, um, definitely the, the sharpness and training, the physicality went up. Fellas were on edge. There was occasionally there was a lot of the time there was a, a, a scrap or two, like, <laughs> and I think I think secretly coaches, you know, whether it was Decky or whoever, mm. coach were delighted when they saw that bit of a bit of bite yeah. bit of conflict there um, so and but look fellas and t- would tear into each other and you know we'd make make them kiss and make up at the end of the session <laughs> yeah. and you'd have to park it there but um, fellas didn't didn't hold back mm. in, in those weeks but um, yeah look oh, Champions Cup Heineken Cup is, is what it's all about and you know it's it's these weekends that you do miss playing for Munster um, yeah that you know, like like Peter said, there you know, it's all on the line. You're going away from home. You're up against it. Um, hopefully, there'll be a good travelling monster support. There always is. Uh, there always is exactly. But um, so yeah, look, these, these are the days you you want to put on monster jersey. And look, obviously, the recent form hasn't been good enough. But there's hope there that you know the likes of Murray, these guys can step up their game, and like like, like we know they can. And maybe Munster can can, can produce, a, I suppose, a famous win over in, in, in Paris. Yeah, fingers crossed. But as you say, Munster certainly up against it tomorrow. They'll go into the game as, as massive underdogs. But maybe is that when Munster kind of perform best, really? Strangely, it might be. Um, I suppose, speaking to one or two of my, my former teammates, um, uh, one or two might have questioned, you know, the... Whether it's publicly or privately, um, I suppose the the want and the desire of these players, and I suppose the fans would would be questioned that occasionally. But I generally think that these lads are, are training every bit as hard as we did. They're mm. invested every bit as much as we are. They want to be successful. Um, it's just maybe that, that they're being compa- constantly compared to the monster team of old. And if you don't, be, if you're not as successful as them, you're a failure. Yeah. Um, I suppose Peter Manny since he's been captain um, Conor Murray hasn't won anything as, as a Munster player so it's probably starting to, to, to weigh heavily on these guys yeah. and the pressure compounds itself year on year so um, like I, I suppose looking back whenever I did play for Munster there was a, a full international pack in front of me mm-hmm. and I throw and if we were struggling throw the ball out the rod she pings it in front of you yeah. 50 yards down the field the pack is going forward so like Unfortunately, that that isn't there at the moment. There's not a full international pack. Um, you know, we're not capable of beating up teams anymore. So I think the way forward, hopefully, tomorrow will be to try and utilise the skill set of our back three. See, Haley's having a brilliant year. Keith Earls, Andrew Conway mm-hmm. are in flying form. Like 
hopefully the surface will, will suit these guys um, you know um, it's, it's an artificial surface there artificial surface 4G perfect conditions for running rugby obviously indoor stadium obviously it does get a bit sweaty in there so ball might be a bit slippy but I think the way we need to progress and, and, and Munster probably need to push the boat out and try and I suppose utilise our skill set get the ball in in, in, our, in our fast quick elusive um, players and, and try and maybe go around uh, harassing or go through them rather than trying to physically um, dominate a team like I suppose when we got to the big games the likes of Saracens over the last few years Racing Metro Leinster we haven't been able to physically dominate teams yeah. and thus we've lost the game so I think hopefully we can try and attack them a bit more and utilise the skills that we have in the back line um, The big talking point this week Tomas was the out half position um, Joe Carberry obviously out injured after uh, picking up a hand he's out for four months uh, after undergoing surgery JJ Hannon was rated as 50-50 on Wednesday with a hamstring issue um, he's come through to, to be named in the starting 15 um, how big is that from Munster and if you're a racing player would you be going out to target JJ tomorrow um, I don't think you necessarily target him um, I suppose the question is going to be around JJ's physical capability mm. himself whether he can go 100% attack the line you know, like he's obviously great at attacking the line when he is at full pace whether he can kick to, to 100% kick, whether it's kicking a touch kicking a call um, so the question's going to be in his head really um, look I think given this, this scenario um, it's a must win game See, Carberry isn't isn't an option. Tyler Bledendell's out injured. Mm. Regardless of of whether he's fully fit or not, he's starting. Um, the likes of Ben Healy, who was added to the Champions uh, Cup squad, hasn't been exposed. He's at one game, so yeah, it would have been too big to throw him in. I think tomorrow would have. Yeah, un- unless JJ was fifty percent, mm-hmm. um, and if JJ is about seventy five percent, he plays. And then look, you can whip him off if 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 his hamstring goes again. Move Scannell probably um, from twelve yeah. to ten. Um, obviously he's had uh, experience playing 10 in the past he's a ball playing 12 so um, look that's obviously the route they're going um, look the only the only kind of hope I'd have is look that, that JJ's recovered well um, and obviously his form this season has been fantastic um, the only blip obviously is him missing the opportunity to drop goal to, to kill off yeah. uh, Rassing in the Thoman Park but he's he dragged him back into the game setting up Conway's try and he nailed the goal line third conversion made kind of a couple of line breaks in that game so look his form is there it's just whether his physical capability is back to 100% All right, we're just going to take a quick break actually before we do that we are going to get a half time report uh, from uh, White Hart Lane Liverpool leading Tottenham 1-0 Joe Rawson Firmino's ninth goal of the campaign. The difference between the two teams after he was set up by Mo Salah. A ferocious shot into the bottom left corner across the face of goal that gave Paolo Gazzaniga absolutely no chance. Liverpool haven't had it all their own way though. They did hit the post through Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in the second minute but Spurs have looked lively on the break through Ali, Sun and Mora but they do need to test Alisson a lot more in the Liverpool goal during the second half. It's there to stop the league leader setting a record of the most points for games played from the start of the season. Half time, Tottenham nil, Liverpool one. Right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our preview of Munster versus Racing. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. 
Glad you could us on the big red bench on this Saturday evening. Rory O'Hagan and Tomás O'Leary here with you until 7 o'clock. Second half has just gotten underway at the new White Hart Lane. Tottenham nil. Liverpool won. We're previewing Munster versus Racing, their massive Champions Cup game. Tomorrow going to hear more from Tomás and that in just a bit. First though, going to hear from the boss, Jan Van Graan. Be okay. Yeah, look, there's a feeling of excitement in the camp. Um, uh, we took responsibility as a group on Monday morning after that performance against Ulster that was uncharacteristic from our side and we got dominated up front and you know um, we move on uh, we felt that we've done really well in Europe we were one drop kick away from beating Racing at home in a fantastic game of rugby we got the five points away against the Ospreys and the two Saracens games were massive games and we had a an opportunity to gain a point against Saracens at the end which we didn't use and after that we always knew this was going to be a huge game we felt against Connacht we really did well uh, the Leinster game was in the balance until the last minute and, and on Friday night we didn't perform so no we don't need to rebuild our confidence we're a confident group we're a tight group we know what we're about and uh, we're really looking forward to Sunday afternoon I'd say 50-50 is a, is a good way to put it. Um, most important thing is, is he wants to be ready. Um, he's a, an experienced 10. Uh, he knows that the team needs him for possibly 80 minutes. So he knows that he needs to be 100% right to, to perform. And he'll always put the team first. If he's ready on Friday um, and his body is ready, he'll tell us that he's ready. If not, he'll put the team first and then it's the next man up. Um, like I said, we as a group, um, you know, we back whoever's in and, you know, uh, ben has grown quite a lot over the last few weeks. He's been in all the game day warm-ups and he's part of the squad. And now Rory have, have trained there. We've, we've been in this position now for quite a bit that we've literally had one fly-off. And when we went 6-2, Rory was as, as a cover in any case. It, it's not something new for the team. So now we'll just back whoever's in that position on, on Sunday afternoon. No, I've always been impressed by racing. They've... Uh, Got a fantastic um, club and an incredible squad. If you look at those names, it's a, it's a world team. Um, certain parts of their game um, are, are, in my view, I've said it before, the best in, in Europe, possibly in the world. Their line-out contesting is, is incredible. Um, and they play with a lot of speed and they've got a lot of big moments. So, incredible club. Uh, we always knew this was going to be a, a tough pool. And, uh, you know, we... We learned quite a lot the last time that we were in Paris two years ago. Uh, incredible game of rugby again, fast, um, warm, noise, um, very different to what's currently outside in in, um, in Limerick. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. And we know that uh, for this season's European campaign, it's, it's a knockout game for us. So um, if we want to progress uh, any further in this competition for this year, we'll have to win on Sunday. Yeah, it's Johan van Graan. They're certainly under uh, no illusions as to the size of the task. Uh, facing Munster tomorrow when they kick off at 3.15 at the uh, the La Defence Arena which we were looking at today Tomas it's an incredible facility isn't it the examiner described it as playing rugby in a disco yeah I think they, they did an interview obviously with Zeebo and Donica Ryan and 
Donna Ryan said it was like uh, like playing in a nightclub. I think um, I've seen him in action in nightclubs, and uh, <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. So <laughs> um, no, but I obviously caught up with Donnick a few times, and he gets back home, and uh, he absolutely loves it. Yeah, um, says it's 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 obviously unique. It's probably this um, massive drama and theatre, and it's dripping with atmosphere every time I look at it. Exactly, and you know sometimes when uh, if there's a stadium half empty or whatever, you know, mm. can really take from from the the atmosphere and the occasion of a game but obviously with all the you know the the, the kind of the, the the videos and all the big the big I think it's a the big 40 screen, by yeah. 20 meter screen or something it's like a massive um, cinema with a rugby pitch in the middle yeah, of it I know Zebo enjoys seeing his face in that anyway yeah. um, he, he, he's certainly not afraid of the attention um, but look it looks like an incredible place to play I, I only played in their old stadium the Stade mm. de Manoir which was uh did a, a little track around it, yeah. like an old school rugby stadium, which was probably better fit of atmosphere too. But this place looks incredible. So look, the buzz that the Munster lads will have playing in that, and and like I kind of mentioned earlier, you know the the, the ground, the the actual artificial surface. Mm. Um, there'll be no excuses, I think, for for not playing good attacking rugby. Yeah, forgive me now for not for asking this. And obviously, I'm not a professional athlete. I've never played in arenas like this. But I mean, like you've obviously played in some spectacular places during your career. Is it easy to get distracted by just looking around at your surroundings? Um, really. Are you that focused on the game? No, I think the the better the surroundings, like the more of a buzz you get. Mm. Um, um, like the best stadium I ever played in, bar none, is the Millennium Stadium or the Principality, as mm. they call it now. Um, obviously, we're privileged to play there with won a couple of Heine Cups there and, and the Grand Slam there mm. but it's it's just uh, like it's, you know it's, it's like the old school Coliseum um, it just goes very vertical straight yeah. away and obviously with the stadium roof can be closed too but phenomenal atmosphere the, the crowd is right on you and there's whatever 70, 80 odd thousand people on top of you um, incredible place to play like literally you, you but you're so focused on, on whatever you're doing in the time of yeah, the game yeah 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 that that you forget about it. The odd time then when you know there, there's a reaction from the crowd yeah, or yeah. whatever. There's a there's a break in play. You, 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 the odd time you say, "Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool." Definitely, mm. first time I ever played in Crow Park. Actually, it, it was as a minor. I think it was 2000, and mm. it was being redeveloped at the time. Oh, yeah. So the you had one one kind of section of the thing was thing, but so I ran out and we were facing the. The section was being redeveloped, and I kind of looked back and uh, the the vast <laughs> the vast nature of the, of the kind neck, of say, yeah you know, the stand uh, took took me back to be honest with you. So it was the first time I ever kind of experienced mm. on a pitch. So I suppose you just get used to it, and it's just it becomes standard. Like so, um, but look, looking back now, you're privileged to play in so many great stadiums and. Mm. And obviously, Tom and Park being one of them too. And the old, I suppose, the older Tom and Park probably was a bit more special than yeah. the the newer newer Tom and um, the old Anton Road play there too, which was cool. So, yeah, look, I think it'll be a great experience for the Munster lads this this weekend. Um, speaking of Simon Zebo, he doesn't play tomorrow because of an ankle injury. I'd imagine he's uh, quite annoyed that he's not facing Munster tomorrow. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, um, obviously, playing against your old team, um, it's always nice to you know to, to put a marker down as to how you're progressing. You know. Mm. He d- he still wants to be probably in the reckoning for an Irish team eventually. He'd love to play with Ireland again. Probably, yeah. probably should have been playing yeah. with Ireland all along. Exactly. Who's to say he might not come back to Munster as well? So um, look, he obviously wants to show both both his uh, show talent. Both his <laughs> keyword, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, I suppose look, it, it, we probably missed that from from Munster. Massive, you know, yeah. you know, he was. Uh, 
a marquee name for a local Cork boy who all the fans all the kids want to you know want, want to see and, and want to talk to so um, look hopefully now he gets back fit pretty quick and um, if 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 um, well, hopefully they don't progress, but if Racing progress, we will see him at the, in the latter stage of competition. Um, mm. But yeah, look, it's a pity pity Zebo's not playing, and big surprise too, maybe that Donica Ryan isn't named in the starting yeah. uh, fifteen. But um, I know that he's played a hell of a lot of rugby over the last two three years. So there's been there's been a lot of injuries in the second row outside of Donica. Yeah. Obviously, um, Inakawara went to AWOL after the World Cup, and and his contract was ripped up. He's gone to Glasgow now, so I think they're kind of lighting off in numbers in terms of the in the second row. So they're probably mining him to an extent, and if he needs to come on with twenty minutes, half an hour to go to to steady things yeah. up, um, they'll do that. So good experience to have on the bench. All right. Um, where is the key area for Munster tomorrow? I mean, like, where's the the one area that you think that they can get at Racing? I think the the strength of this Munster team is in the back three, um, and obviously Chris Farrell in the centre too. If those guys can can hit form, um, if we can get Keith Earls, Mike Haley, Andrew Conway on the ball with a bit mm. of space, I think we can cause them trouble. Um, and the, the the whole stadium, the you know the pitch lends itself to that. I think if we try and if we get involved in an arm wrestle um, in, in a tête-à-tête with our pack, I think um, we'd probably come out second best. And you look at their their squad, you know, I think the benches will play a big part, and that's probably my biggest fear is the experience they have on the bench. Um, you know, they've like the Gomez in the front row to come on, Donna Karain, like we spoke about mm-hmm. in the second row, and they've a, a French international in uh, you know Maxine Machinot to come on at nine. So the experience they have in, in you know in their squad uh, coming off the bench might might just tip it in, in their favour and that's that's my fear. Now we're going to run off our preview all in with uh, Chris Farrell. Yeah, massive. Like, and and from an individual point of view, it's putting yourself up against quality opposition, and you know we'll have to deal well with what's in front of us, and I'll have to deal well with Fakatawa and Shivansi and Finn Russell and and the threats that they pose. So. You know, it's it, it's massive for us, and we know it's massive for the whole province and all of our supporters, and you know everyone behind the scenes. So we'll certainly be putting our best foot forward as, as much as we can throughout the week to lead into the best performance we possibly can do. Well, it obviously helps this week that we have a nine-day turnaround. You know, we've had one or two days to to nail things down detail-wise. We had a you know a walkthrough and. Monday, uh, because we have the extra day, we could we could spend a little bit more time on indoor stuff. Um, so it does help. Uh, and then it's really just a case of looking after yourself until the week. You know, so if we get our detail done early in the week and we have the opportunity to do it this week, then come Friday, Saturday, we can start to think about just what's going to take physically, what's going to take mentally to get to get to get right for the game. So no, we'll be okay. Was that a Cork accent there I heard from Chris Farrell at the start? Massive like. Yeah, I think he's hanging around now with with the Cork lads too much. Um, since he's yeah, massive down. like. And yeah, there it is. Massive like. It's good to hear, isn't it? Yeah, it's good to hear. He's obviously uh, really uh, betting himself into the uh, the monster uh, the monster ethos. Uh, prediction time, Tomas. Um, I know you're probably going to say with your heart that Munster will win tomorrow, but realistically, I mean, like, how do you see the game going tomorrow? Um, I suppose look you stack up everything stacked up against Munster the injuries um, their recent form um, I suppose the strength of depth that, that Racing have as well um, but the only hope I have is you know the, the games between Munster and Racing Metro have, have been really kind of very tight mm-hmm. um, in recent years 
even over there in Paris as well they've been one score game so that gives me hope but look just given all the evidence unfortunately I'm going to probably have to have to side with uh, with a harassing, harassing mm-hmm. win but look it's not without hope and I wouldn't be at all surprised if you could see Munster pull off a, a massive upset that would be absolutely fantastic we'll review the game tomorrow with uh, your old colleague Johnny Holland yeah looking forward to that um, I was chatting to Johnny during the week so gonna, we're going to catch up with him after the game and look hopefully we'll be celebrating a, a Munster win fingers fingers crossed alright just uh, update from uh, the Gaelic rounds in the uh, McGrath Cup final Limerick's still leading uh, Cork it's 16 points to 14 now is how how it stands at the moment there's about 4 minutes left to go in that game there the hurlers of course in action um, at half past 7 as they take on Limerick in the Munster Hurling League final earlier on in the week UCC won the Cannon O'Brien Cup against Cork uh, by a single point uh, UCC beginning their Fitzgibbon Cup defence tomorrow as they take on NUI Galway will have reaction from that game and from the footballers in the Sigerson Cup uh, as well but uh, Ryan Grace was in the Marduk for us earlier in the week he spoke to UCC's Noel Furlong yeah look that was a great workout um, look our, our focus is fully on Sunday we're playing NUIG above in Dengan on Sunday so tonight was part of the preparation for that and um, you know it was a good workout Cork had a strong team out um, you know it was great to get our lads we haven't had them you know that often so it's a good workout good competitive game and look everyone came through um, unscathed which is great for us going forward to the weekend that's great and just in terms of preparing for the weekend you're obviously happy with how you lined out tonight how, how it went tactically in the first half you were very much in control you'd say um, yeah look I suppose Cork had an early goal um, and we were kind of thinking um, you know we might be under pressure but in fairness to our lads you know they, they're used to playing together at this stage and they're very composed so you know we just kind of built from there got a couple of scores and you know we, we were certainly very happy at half time with the performance of the team and you know we made quite a few changes in the second half because you know a lot of our players have miles on the clock there the last couple of weeks um, so we just want to keep guys fresh for the weekend and look we are absolutely thrilled with tonight's workout with, with Sunday in mind Brilliant what was the message at half time only the three point lead what were you telling the lads Yeah look we, we were very happy at half time a couple of the targets we had set for them in the first half we had um, achieved um, so it was just a case of going out in the second half and, and doing more of that uh, and you know we made a lot of changes brought on, brought on fresh legs and you know the lads that came on did very well as well so it gives us a lot of selection headaches for the weekend which is fantastic for us <laughs> of course uh, the late second goal obviously kind of brought a bit of life back into it made it for a very exciting kind of last 5 or 10 minutes did you feel like you could have taken it from then on did you feel like it was kind of imminent that you would take the take the cup yeah look Cork are totally on top look we made a few changes Cork made a few changes the game went kind of a bit dead there for a while um, but you know Sean Hayes he did it last year in the Fitzgibbon against DCU came on um, you know got a vital um, resulted penalty and tonight again a couple of high balls in on top of him and he caused a bit of trouble inside there and we got a, we got a nice goal out of it uh, and we just needed that because the momentum of the game was gone totally against us and you know we clipped on a couple of scores after that and you know it was just good to get a win the result was, wasn't too important for us tonight it was you know the performance but look you'd always take a win at the end of the day Oh absolutely and Noel I suppose just finally I know you say it is kind of a friendly it is a preparation for the weekend but there was a nice crowd here tonight this is kind of becoming a, an annual kind of court tradition I suppose you will be happy with winning it for the second time ever with UCC Absolutely you know um, Tom Kingston there spoke very passionately in our dressing room about Cannon O'Brien his association with UCC um, 
and you know it's great the Cork and UCC can get this game on every year so you know we always want to you know put in the best performance possible that we can and it was great to come out here um, and represent UCC and especially you know in the Cannon's name to put in a good performance and you know I, I hope the Cork and uh, UCC will continue the tradition because you can see the crowd um, you know it, it's a great um, it's great for Cork people to come along and have a look at it and you know um, hopefully it'll continue going forward Brilliant thanks so much Noel appreciate it Thanks for your time. Cheers. Yeah, it's Noel Furlong there speaking uh, to Ryan Grace earlier on the week after that win over Cork. Uh, a great win for UCC as they take on NUI Galway beginning their Fitzgibbon Cup defence tomorrow. We'll have a reporter there and we'll have reaction from both uh, of UCC's games, the hurling and the football on tomorrow evening's show. Uh, 61 minutes on the clock at the new White Hart Lane. Um, Tottenham still not getting a sniff of that Liverpool goal tomorrow. So they had one or two ventures up, but no, um, Liverpool are dominating possession. They barely um, crossed the halfway line. Huh? Son had a, another another shot at goal there, but well, it didn't go on target or anything. Yeah. But um, no, look, um, like I said, sixty minutes gone now. Marino would have to have to tactically change it up mm. and obviously kind of let, let let Spurs off the leash. Um, otherwise, it's it's going to be a comfortable victory for the pool. All right, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Corks Adam Eden made his. Uh, First uh, Premier League start today uh, for Norwich City as they uh, lost to Manchester United. Darren Stanage watched it. Manchester United 4, Norwich nil. Comfortable afternoon for United then. They condemned basement club Norwich to defeat. Marcus Rashford on his 200th appearance followed home a peach of a matter pass midway through the first half. Norwich then had a great chance to level when Calmwell's effort was saved by Dea. After the break, United won a penalty. Williams was felled. Rashford converted. Matter provider again for Martial who headed on the third. And Mason Greenwood coming on to score a fine fourth to get his ninth of the season Norwich looking big trouble United 4 Norwich nil. Uh, obviously Adam Eda making his uh, Premier League uh, first start today um, didn't get much of a look in to be perfectly honest Norwich are very very poor didn't get the ball forward enough but what a way to make a first Premier League start and what a venue yeah brilliant for, for a local lad um, and look I suppose his performance in the FA Cup was, was phenomenal and um, yeah. I saw on social media I think Mick McCarthy was on duty for <laughs> for one of the media um, outlets um, at one of the FA Cup games mm. and he was being pressurised into talking about Alameda and he said look he may have just turned himself a cap so um, yeah. look I think the abilities that he showed Obviously, the maybe not the dirt of, of of attacking talent that Ireland have, but I suppose we need a replacement for Robbie Keane. Um, no pressure uh, at all, Adam. So, um, look, great to see, great to see. Anyway. Yeah, fantastic. And he's still only eighteen as well. Massive future ahead of him. So, fantastic stuff there from uh, the former College Corinthians forward. Uh, we're running rapidly out of time. Uh, just going to get an update from uh, Limerick and uh, Cork. It's uh, Limerick looking like they're going to win the McGrath Cup. Uh, they lead uh, Limerick or they lead Cork, I should say, seventeen points to fifteen. So Cork still would have bit of work to do if they're to get back and uh, win the McGrath Cup this evening at uh, the Gaelic Grounds I'm going to hear briefly from um, Spike O'Sullivan's trainer uh, Pac- I don't know we've got enough time for Packy Collins I should say excuse me I'm going to hear briefly from uh, Spike O'Sullivan uh, as he prepares to face Jaime Munguia tonight at the Alamo Dome in Texas San Antonio uh, about 4am this evening we're expecting him in the ring we'll talk about this tomorrow we've got Kevin Byrne from the Irish Sun lined up to talk to us about Spike's fight tomorrow uh, but this is Spike speaking at the press conference uh, being introduced by the legendary Oscar De La Hoya with a record of 30-3 and 21 knockouts Gary the best dressed fighter in boxing today, O'Sullivan. <laughs> Thank you, Oscar. Um, good evening, everybody. Everybody at Alamo Dome Stadium. Um, it's fantastic to be back here again. I'd like to thank uh, Golden Boy Promotions 
Murphy's Boxing, stands for Boxing, Team Mungia, and everybody for turning up here today. It's great to be here. Uh, Steve, manager. Um, I look forward to coming here on uh, Saturday night. Um, you know, I'm under no illusion. Jaime Mungia, he's a great fighter, but he should be under no illusion that I've prepared really, really hard for this fight. Um, I've made a lot of sacrifices. I recently um, bought my first home for my family, um, and I was looking forward for months to looking having spending my uh, Christmas with my my family at my new home. But um, I made a great deal of sacrifices, and um, I remained in training camp for all the holidays. I had Christmas Day with my family, and I went back to training camp again. And I came back uh, for New Year's Eve with the family again. But I've been training real hard. I'm putting everything I've got into training. And I'll be coming to uh, win this fight on Saturday night. You know, um, it's non-personal. I really like Jaime. He's a good guy. You know, um, I met him back in Vegas in uh, September. Very pleasant guy. Um, I wish him good health and good luck in his uh, life. But on Saturday night, I'm coming for war, and I'm coming to win. And I look forward to putting on a great show. Thank you all. Yeah, so that's Spike O'Sullivan there uh, speaking in the press conference. A lot of uh, mutual respect there from the Spike uh, shown towards Jaime Munguia. Um, Spike has made no bones about it. He said it to us in our interview last week. He said it in every interview he's done this week. He needs a knockout going here tonight. He's not going to get a decision. Um, Jaime Munguia um, is the up-and-coming fighter. He's fighting practically in his own backyard in San Antonio. Spike knows he has to get a knockout tonight. Um, he needs to go at it early. Um, it's a big, big night from um, Spike has even said himself he's been brought in to lose and he's not going to go in with that script in mind. He's going to go in and try and knock him out. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, look, it's a dangerous, obviously, place for a fighter going in to try and, and knock out a, a fighter who's physically more imposing, has a bigger reach than you, like you said, in his home, home hometown. So, um, look, fair play to him. Good luck to him. And hopefully tomorrow we'll be celebrating a, a big upset with Spike um, having defeated um, defeated the Mexican. Yeah, certainly. Uh, fingers crossed. It's due in the ring roughly about 4 a.m. Don't quote me on that, though. So if you get up at 4 and the, spy, and the fight's over... Um, don't be <laughs> texting me complaining. Dan has texted us in. He says, how's it going, Roar? Do you know if Spike's fight is on TV tonight? It hasn't been picked up by any Irish or UK um, providers or, or satellite channels um, tonight. It's on The Zone in the States. Um, and that's all we can say about that, really. So, um, look, I'm setting my alarm for half past three and uh, looking forward uh, to watching the fight tonight. As I said, we'll be discussing that with uh, Kevin Byrne of the Irish Sun tomorrow. We are out of time. Thank you very much indeed uh, for tuning away on the Big Red Bench tonight. Our podcast will be online very, very shortly indeed. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have reaction from both court games today, reaction from both UCC games. Tomorrow, going to talk uh, to Johnny Holland about uh, Munster's uh, clash with uh, Racing 92. Uh, we're also going to bring in our preview. We're going to hear from our Russell Rovers. Uh, on the show tomorrow as well Limerick 18-16 up after 65 minutes as well of the McGrath Cup uh, we're back tomorrow from 6pm and fingers crossed tomorrow we'll be talking about a monster win fingers exactly. crossed come on, come on Spike come on monster <laughs> exactly we'll talk to you tomorrow folks uh, Stevie's up next enjoy the rest of Saturday night miss the show grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM <laughs>